Glory be to God, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. Anytime you get saved, when you get born again, the th first thing that God touches is your heart. And where your heart is, that is where your treasure is. So if your heart is for the kingdom, your money goes with it. Your prayers go with it. Your time goes with it. Because that's where my heart is. You know where a man's heart is because he's in service on a Sunday morning. Glory. I'm continuing the series. Um, it's a time to build. This morning's message, as we wrap up the conference, Heaven on Earth, it's called Built to Last. You are not going to wear out before your time. You're not going to be stressed out. You are in the kingdom of God, and you're gonna, you are built to last. And whatever's challenges you are facing this morning, you need to know that you are an overcomer and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper because that which is born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. And so I've been getting a lot of word this week and I, I'm full of the word, so let me stick to my notes this morning. Glory be to God. And so remember the reason why you've come into the kingdom of God. You are not here to visit. When you get born again, you're not here for a, let me see, uh, I just need a car now and then I leave. Or now we need a job and then I leave. That kind of lifestyle is very, not just, um, it, it, it attracts a lot of curses. It, it brings a lot of drama into your life. And I'm saying this because I was outside of the kingdom of God and I, my life was so erratic. I couldn't finish a project. I'd make a promise on a Friday, but by Monday I walked back into the office drunk, still bubbleless, and full of excuses. And so when God saved me, I had to go and I said, look, my biggest challenge is that I just want to make it into heaven because I, I don't want to mess up. You know, to get saved and then people say, but I thought you were saved. You're still messing around. And that was my biggest concern. I just didn't want to mess up with God. I said, when I got saved and I knew I had to finally give in to God, I said, but I don't want to mess up. And God gave me a, book, a word in the book of Jude and he says, I'm able to keep you from stumbling. And what God has done for us, please don't believe the lie that this is a glamour job. When you see Pastor Brian preaching, the only reason why we are in full-time ministry is because God can't trust us out in the world. I need a system in my life because I know the kind of life that I lived. And so when God brings me into His kingdom and He never saved me just so that I can be a mess or my marriage can be messed up or my finances or my life can be messed up. He saved me so he can, he can build me up so I can last for his kingdom. And that's why he saved you. He saved you so that you don't go in and out but you actually take your lifestyle and you begin to build everything in the kingdom of God. That's what Nehemiah is really all about. Because Nehemiah represents the 12 gates when Nehemiah has this vision and this dream on the inside of him, he, and, and he's speaking about Jerusalem, the walls that were built up in Jerusalem, uh, that was actually down, and the enemy was tormenting and harassing God's people. He was burdened with it. So Nehemiah goes, he leaves his job, comes into his work, takes up the assignment, gets the approvals, gets the authorization, because he's aligned with God. He goes into Jerusalem and he spends 52 days and he builds up these walls. Now I want you to pay careful attention to what I'm preaching. Because I'm going to breeze through some things, but it is everything concerning your life. It is everything concerning your well-being. If, if the spiritual realm is the causal realm, then I must build up things in the spirit so that I don't have to go and be worried about finances again. Or worry that I'm going to slip into, into addiction again. Or go and sleep with somebody. I'm, I'm building a system. And so Pastor Tim said some things yesterday. It was really profound. 
really, really profound. So when you get into God's system, these walls, and build them up in your personal life, we do it personally, we do it for people collectively, but this is your personal walk with God. And anytime you don't build your life through the Word, you know that you're going to need to be rescued. That person that refuses the Word eventually will need a rescue. Even if it's 95 and they're on their deathbed, they're going to need a rescue. And when you come into the kingdom of God, it's not a part-time job. Because you, when you come in, you will find that building these walls in your life is a full-time job. It's a system of building your life. And if you're only going after a Sunday experience, or worse still, keeping it as a special occasions experience, you know, like the CEOs, Christmas and Easter only, that's a terrible way to live life because the enemy will torment you. He'll torment you, young one. You keep messing with him. Your whole life was supposed to be built up. Twelve is the number of governmental order. So that it's, it's, it's one for every month. You must understand that when we got saved, I needed to be saved, saved. Saved, saved. Because if I didn't, and then God had to build me systematically. And when I started on this building project, I found out it's a lifetime job. Because the enemy is looking for those who could, he can devour. And anytime you find one of these gates that is not built up, one of these 12, you'll find the enemy opens up that thing, comes in, and messes with your lunch. So when you want to build something in the kingdom of God, and you're getting into this building project for your life, you must begin to understand that when God builds you, it's for life. You are built to last. Come on, somebody. Shout a stronger amen. You are built. When God gives you a work, you, we, we understood this weekend that anything that is birthed by your flesh or something that's birthed outside of the Word of God has got no future. So God brings you in His system and He sets your belief system straight. Now remember every single one of those, those gates are belief systems, what you believe. And if you pay attention and you go to every one of those gates, you will find success in this life like no one else would. God's no respecter of persons. What is done for Tudor Bismarck and what is done for, 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 for Dr. Winston, when I stood in a double garage and started preaching, I did not know that God could do what he could do through our lives. But I went with the same processes. And we haven't arrived, and we're nowhere near yet what we need to be accomplishing. But the enemy can't come in and mess with our lives whenever he wants to. Why? Because the walls are up, and I know where to go to if he's going to mess with me. Because if he's going to try and open up a gate, the Bible says, make no room for the devil. Make no room for him. Don't open up a door. But let me teach you how these gates work, because the enemy is always going to come and rattle your gates. And ask, is this gate locked? Is this gate built up? Now watch. God creates a thing, then places it into a system. And that system must work every single day. So he will take light and say light be, and then create a morning and an evening as the first day. Because he builds a system that every morning, you can have a, you'll have, in South Africa, you'll have a morning, you'll have an evening. And in every nation. Why? That's the system. So when he saves you, he's going to put you in a system. He puts you in the system because a system makes success predictable. When systems are in place, you can transfer skills. I can take anyone who is walking with God and wants to walk with God for your marriage, for your finances, for your walk with God. I can, if, you, if you give God time and you take time for understanding, I can guarantee your success. Guarantee it. 
if you're serious with God. Because progress is measurable. And so God is going to give you systems and principles. Let's, let's get into this. So all systems not birthed by the word will eventually collapse. So when you come into the kingdom of God, God's not trying to take away your fun. He's trying to build your, your life up so you can be successful and that your marriage can last, your business will last, the church will last. Come on, somebody. Okay. Let me, let me get into this because I, I gave you a taste last week, but let's touch on all of these gates quickly. So, give me the 12 gates, and I want you to pay attention. Write them down. Take out your phones if you needed to. There are 12 gates. These are the 12 gates of Nehemiah. So, the first one is the sheep gate. The second one is the fish gate. The third is the old gate. Number four is valley gate. Number five is dung gate. Number six is the fountain gate. Seven is your water gate. Eight is the horse gate. Nine is east gate. No, I'm not talking about a shopping center. Some of you are thinking, oh Lord, that's where you need to go shopping according to the word of God. That's not the east gate. Number 10, what have I missed yet? Did I miss number 12? Mufkad gate is number 10. 11 is Ephraim. Where's number 12? I'm missing 12. Did I not give you number 12? No, I did give you. Number 12 is the prison gate. I don't know how we missed that one on, on there. Forgot? No. Okay, so number 12 is the prison gate. So, when you understand your life spiritually, every single one of these gates you must pay attention to. If you're going to walk in success and having the enemy not harass you whenever he wants to. The first one being, of course, the sheep gate. My sheep hear my voice. That's the beginning of your salvation. So Nehemiah had to go and build up that gate. That's the place where you must begin to settle the issue that the Lord is my shepherd. Not just our shepherd. It's, he's my shepherd. And I hear his voice. And the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. He says, I am the door. Anyone who enters by me shall be saved and will go out and find pasture. That means I'm going to find my gift. I'm going to find life. I'm going to find all that God has got for me when I walk through the sheep gate. So, Every one of these deserve two, three sermons to actually unpack some stuff. But I want to move through this. Number, number two is the fish gate. The fish gate is where he says, I will make you fishes of men. So anytime somebody does not walk through this gate, and people like to say, well, this is a narrow gate. Yeah, the gate is narrow when you come through the sheep gate, but the pasture is huge. Because kingdom business is big business. Somebody shout amen. God's not trying to take your fun away from you, young man. He is trying to bring you into the best version of you for him, and that's where life is. The second one is the fish gate. The people that don't like to go to church, I don't get it. You don't want to build with anybody. I am the church, and I'm staying at home. What kind of a community building is that? You now you know for certain, anybody by themselves, there's got to be deception. Because before destruction comes isolation. When you isolate yourself, oh, I don't want to get COVID from anybody, part of that is deception. Now you're quiet. No. Do you really believe you can save yourself? Okay. So, this place of community is when we build together. People walking by themselves will always walk into deception. They're always going to need a rescue. Because just look at your neighbor and say, you're not as smart as you think you are. Let them know. Yeah, say, say, say look, I'm bold enough. Tell them this. Say, I'm bold enough to let you know that you need me. But I'm humble enough to let you know that I need you. 
community is spelled common unity. You cannot go and live outside of the community. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints coming together because when God does a work in a church, there is not one person that's got it all together. I know I am anointed for the pulpit, but I also know that everybody in the pew is anointed for the marketplace or anointed to do something. I know I'm not by myself. Come on, you need to clap your hands. What the enemy has been trying to do is bring a separation between the pew and the pulpit, but the devil is a liar. You are, you, we are walking this thing together. Come on, somebody shout amen. Unity is spelt you and I tie. And the enemy loves it when we're not together. But you see what happened these last couple of days? Just the unity and the anointing shifted the whole atmosphere. Number three is the old gate. So the old gate is when you come into the old, dealing with not just the Old Testament, but the Bible speaks about, in Jeremiah chapter 6, 16, it says, Stand in the ways and see, ask for the old paths. So when you're finding people walking by faith, in Isaiah 51 verse 1, it says, listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and, and, the whole, and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father. He becomes the, the, the template of your faith. That's an old way. How to walk by faith. Obedience. Faith and obedience is still God's, God's way of doing things. And to Sarah who bore you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. So you're finding out that there is a way that we need to walk back with God. And that's why we had this faith conference that the word must become flesh. Because if God's done it for Abraham, he will do it for you. And he's done it for anybody else, he will do it. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. Valley gates is number four. So the valley gate deals with humility. As a child of God, there's a young man from Nigeria that called me up this week. He says, I don't understand. I was so on fire for God, and, and you know, I, was, I, was, I was teaching on prayer, and I was praying, and now everything is gone. I said, so what's the problem? He says, but God's not here. I said, that's called the valley gate. It's called the dark night of the soul. When God takes the feelings away, will you still be faithful? Will you still walk through the valley? Will you still know that he's with you? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not death, the shadow. The shadow. The shadow of a dog but nobody. Tell your neighbor, it's just a shadow, man. It's just a shadow. I know you look fearful. How do, how do you solve How do you solve? The shadows that you, you can't see what's going on. You just, it's just a shadow. How do you solve it? By walking into the light. It's only a shadow. You will fear and dread no evil. Let's get to the next one. I've, I've got so much scripture. Let's just, let's just move on. The fountain gate. This is the place where I am in the down gate. Did I say that? I didn't. Oh, here we go. The down gate. The down gate is the place of how you learn to dispose of the rubbish in your life. I am not talking about your spouse. I am talking about I'm talking about forgiveness. I'm talking about bitterness. I'm talking about, that's why we're having communion this morning. Because it's a moment that you can set your heart right with God and get rid of the things. That the, the Bible says, as you are walking in this earth, your feet will get soiled. We all need to be washed. We all need forgiveness. We all need grace. We all need to let go of some things. Because some of you need to understand that dung gate must be, must be fixed. And you must have, you know, I, I tried to explain this, but pick it up is our garbage disposal place people in, in, in South Africa. And so Pick It Up will come once a week and pick up all the garbage. I'm just hearing about the rats and the kind of challenges that New York is having because they can't afford to pick up the, the garbage, dispose of the garbage. Let me say this to you. As a child of God, it's very expensive for not letting go of the garbage. 
because it will mess with your whole life. It will mess with your whole life. Let's move past the down gate. I've got to, I've got to move on. You will understand I've got plenty of scripture, but I need to get to certain things. The fountain gate is the empowering of every child of God's life is by the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you, you, you're going to limp in life. You're going to struggle because praying in the Holy Ghost and understanding what the Holy Spirit is speaking, it must become a fountain that flows inside of you that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This is how we get empowered. It's, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And it dwells in you. So I get led by the Spirit of God. If you're a son of God, you spend time developing your gift and understanding who the Holy Spirit is, spending time with the Holy Spirit because that's part of a gate that must be built up in your life so that you're not driven by circumstances. You're not running for every job. You can ask the Holy Spirit. He knows how to bring you into your best days. He knows how to bring you out of a double garage into a place of where you can be a blessing to the nations. I need someone to clap their hands. Uh, this is heaven on earth. Uh, heaven on earth, the most important person on the earth, the most important person on the earth is not your spouse, it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to be a good husband how to be a good wife how to fulfill your destiny, what to go and study, who not to get involved with, the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you I need someone to clap their hands and understand that the Holy Spirit is here you must have the fountain flowing from you, you need to know which way to go He can teach you to profit He will lead you by the way that you should go Come on, we're the sons and daughters of God. Glory be to God. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Let's get into something this morning. Two of them I want to touch on this morning is the water gate. So, your scripture is in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1, please. This is part of the gates that they did. So, they never really spent time building anything over here at this gate. It was a place of gathering. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. The whole purpose of the church coming together, we were supposed to come together as one man. This is time of conference when there were special announcements made. It was the conferencing place. For people that don't appreciate the conference, you don't understand when God gathers people, it's for a now word for the people. You see the power that's happened here, Aaron? It's because we all came together as one man. That's when you come to a conference and saying, there is a word for me today. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How would you know that this is what God once done? Because the water must flow. But I'm not swimming in everybody's stream. We have a tribe that comes together and we, we, God gave them specifically for us so that everybody could start up with John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh. And Dr. Winston gives the same. And Tudor Bismarck gives the same. And Dr. Bailey gives the same. And uh, Pastor Tim gives the same. And this morning, it's letting the water flow from your life. Come on, somebody. It's because you need the water to flow in your life. You need to know what stream you are in. You can't swim with this stream is the prophetic. Then I go and I say, oh, I don't like it now. I'm going to jump into the apostolic. Oh, no, no, I just need a pass now. It's like, just keep on swimming, man. The water of God's word is flowing from the temple. It is an apostolic word for your life. You know that in the season, no matter what the enemy wants to do, you're going to come out on top because you're swimming in these waters. Shout yes. It's called the water gate. It's called the water gate. Keep, keep, keep giving me the scriptures. Where am I? Verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1. You're still with me, guys. Track with me. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the word of God, which the Lord had commanded Israel. It's not just gathering you because you want to keep you busy. This is not entertainment. This is a word in season because somebody's weary. 
So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and the women and those who could understand and the ears of all who, of the people who attended to the book of the law. So Ezra, the scribe, stood on a platform of wood which they had made for this purpose. And beside him, the right hand stood all these different men and these people because they were the ones that were upholding the law. Give me verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he had opened it, all the people stood up. Pastor Tim says, please will you stand in the, as we read the word. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, come on, say it. And what does it mean? So be it. Heaven on earth in my family. Somebody say amen. And amen. Heaven on earth in my finances. Somebody say. In my body. Heaven on earth. Somebody say. So be it. While lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. It's part of your development. Because you can't have a conference every single week. You can't go from conference to conference and never build yourself up. When God gives you a Jethro moment, Moses is carrying the people out. His father-in-law stops him, and they have a conference. He says, Moses, this thing that you're doing is going to kill you. The way you're operating is not going to work. The way you brought them out this moment, something must change. That's what conferences are for, is that I change my mind. I change the way I do life because it's a moment in the presence of God that I get a fresh instruction which way to go. I can't go and say, well, let's just go have another conference. For what? When we gather you. This was expensive. Now, let me not. Expensive is relative. It's all of this was worth it. I'm just trying to say that this stuff doesn't just come, it doesn't just happen. We had to put some offerings in here. Did, did you put an offering in? You were part of it. So we could honor the voices. It's part of what we do as a family. And you can't ignore conference time. You can't ignore the moment to sow into that conference and say, it's time for us to gather as one people and we're going to meet this budget and this thing's going to be done for the kingdom of God because we are forming part of this river. Are you in the same waters with us? Are you swimming these waters? Are you expecting heaven on earth? Are you expecting a breakthrough? Are you expecting God to do something for you? Just clap your hands right now. I feel that somebody's holding back on their praise to the Lord. They lifted their hands. They shouted amen and amen. Come on, just shout and give God some praise. That's what happens as part of my development with God. But if all I wait for in my home When's the next conference coming? You're not interested. Or you're deceived. Because the enemy will always trap you. Because the water gate is when God begins to let things flow to you. Here's an interesting revelation. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10, please. This is interesting. Genesis 2:10. God creates a place called Eden. Puts Adam and Eve east of Eden. And this is where they begin to commune with God. It's heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Here's something interesting. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pai Shun. It's the one which skirts the whole land of Avela, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Someone needs to get some, onto some gold in the season. Just to, because God can do that. This is the kingdom of, of heaven and earth. So Bedulam and the onyx stone are there. So 
The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidakel. It's the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Now write this down. Four rivers flowing from Eden. Water flowing. Paishan. With the word freedom. Anytime the water, we gather at the water gate, the number one that you saw even this morning and even last night was freedom in the people. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is there's freedom. I know that you've been to the right conference when you are smiling after the conference. They should, you, you, they, they should, ask, you to, they should ask you at work tomorrow, it's like, what happened to you? You look so free. Come on, get rid of that mask right now and just give a shout to God. I mean, put your mask on again if you want to, but just give a shout. Gion is the second river. So the first one is, there must be freedom. The second one, it's called breakthrough. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough because of this conference. You've sown into this conference. You've worshipped here. You've attended here. You've watched online. You've sown your seed. There's going to not just be freedom. There's got to be a breakthrough. I need somebody to be going to leave the Lord right now. Shout breakthrough. The river Hidekel is the word focus. Oh, some of you have been going crazy because your mind's been everywhere. Oh, is it corona? Oh, I feel, uh, you know, what is, what is going on in my body? Oh, what about my job? Oh, what about my husband? Oh, when am I going to get married? Oh, uh, 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 uh. focus. Because wherever the attention goes, power flows. It's called focus. This is what this conference did for me. It was a reminder about why we are here, why we need this vision, why the sons and daughters need to rise up. Come on, tell your neighbor, you need to get focused now. Because God has not given you a crazy mind. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. Number four is the Euphrates. Fruitfulness. How do I know that you've been at the water gate? You have freedom. You have breakthrough. You have a focus, and you become fruitful. It's like something's going to shift in my life. Because this is part of my life. Father, I cannot be the same. Come on, somebody. This is conference week. And this is the moment that you're going to have heaven on earth. There's going to be fruitfulness in your life. Your days of you being barren are over in the name of Jesus. I see you going from fruitfulness um, to multiplication, to subduing, and to having dominion. Somebody shout yes and amen. Your life must become fruitful. Now I know you've attended the Heaven and Earth Conference. Number eight. I'm going to take the next ten minutes just to speak on the horse gate. We'll have communion after this. The horse gate reminds you that you are in a spiritual warfare. For anybody who doesn't understand, you need to have a word over your life. That's what the prophetic gate is about. When you come to the horse gate, you're standing in this place and saying, there is a word over my life and the devil can't mess with my life anymore because it's brought the focus in my life when I come here, I'm every person, you are born again for a reason. There must be a prophetic word of God over your life. Why? That's how you fight this battle. Okay, I'll give you scripture. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, having suffered shipwreck. You don't understand when days you feel like I can't get out of bed, I don't see anything moving in my life. I don't understand. I can't hear your voice anymore, God. It seems like, you know, community, even in the church, the people don't like me. No, you stop rejecting the people. You know, 
But those people in church, I don't want to go to the fish gate because that community. Those people aren't nice, but neither are you. Let's get together. Let's make this thing work. Yeah, yeah. You know, just don't, don't believe that everybody likes you. No, I, I mean, I, be, I believe everybody likes me. I know there's plenty that don't, but I'm okay with that because I walk by faith and not by sight. I say, well, just everybody likes me. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but that doesn't change the fact that I've got to be part of a community. I know that I've got to build some. Some stuff, people don't like it, but it's okay. That's not the point. I am in the kingdom of God. Somebody shout amen. You've got to deal with you because we might have different personalities, but we've got different gifts that is needed in the body of Christ. So I must be part of a community. But here's the thing. Even if the church didn't work out so great, you must find a community. Listen to me, child of God. Online, I'm telling you, you must be part of a church. It was God's intention. It's part of the building of the walls of your life. You must, these people have come from Cape Town and said, this is home and we want a home in Cape Town for us because we need to be part of a community. It was God's intention. This generation doesn't be part of anything. The devil's got them gripped, man. The reason why I get up on days when I don't feel like nothing's going on and nobody's giving anything and we don't know, I mean, God has been so amazing. The kind of resources that came in for this conference is astounding. God has been so, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a blessing. But here's the thing. It wasn't always that way. I saw a picture and I knew that God had a call of God. There's a call of God upon my life. I know that I'm more than a double garage. I know that I'm called to more than just a few people. But I know I've got to go like a Jeremiah. And when in the morning when I get up and I see there's nothing going for me. And I can't see anything. And everything is darker. I go and I let the devil know. I say, I'm going to wage a good warfare. Jeremiah, I called you from your mother's womb. Uh, don't say that you are a child. Uh, don't say that you cannot. Uh, don't say that you are youth. I have called you out of your mother's womb. Uh, there's a prophetic destiny for your life. I need somebody to shout and say yes and amen. Uh, I need somebody to begin to believe the Lord that when nothing is going for me, I am blessed and not cursed. Uh, you cannot stop me, devil. I'm the builder's gate. I'm the builder's gate. I'm going to stand here and and we're going to run with horses. We're going to run with horses. We're going to see the power of God and his kingdom. Oh, but who do you think you are for praying like that? Oh, the devil was nervous of a day like today when you've come through a heaven on earth conference and you're standing to your feet and you're shouting, yes! Jeremiah. Chapter 12 and verse 5. That's why you've got to understand these gates. Because there's days when the Holy Spirit is so sweet. And there's a river flowing from me. And God, I can hear your voice. And it's so beautiful. But then there's days when the enemy's standing over my prophetic destiny. And he's saying, Aaron, you're going nowhere. This thing's not going to be a breakthrough. You've got to pull out the scriptures and remind him, I have keys. I've been given keys. You, this is not a part-time job. This is full-time. Everybody's full-time. Not just me. You are full-time. If you don't, you become a fool all the time for the devil. Listen, Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5. If you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? Here's the point. If you can't handle the church even, a few people in a connect group, how are you going to deal with the demonic forces when you enter into a place that God has sent you? How? How? If you can't tithe now, you think that God's going to put a million rand and you, the devil's not coming to mess with you and say, don't tithe or go get drunk again. This is, tithing is preschool. It's preschool. Oh, the pastor, whatever. Live with your broke self. This is the kingdom of God. We, you, can't, you can't call me after this anymore. 
I've been down tithing for over 20 years since I got saved. My first one was hell because the enemy fought me for that. The two and a half thousand rand that I tithed. Cried to let go of it. How would I know that one day, last couple of weeks, best businessman calls me up, he says, the Lord says, I've got to bless you. I've never received that kind of blessing from one man. Never. In the midst of COVID. Because my dependence is upon these walls must be built up because I have a prophetic destiny. Calls me up. He says, you're the real deal, man. Just do what you need to do. God's encouraging you. I want to encourage somebody this morning, stand by that prophetic gate. Stand in that place and say, devil, you've got to take your hands off my children. You've got to take your hands off my destiny. Can somebody shout yes this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. This is the time when you stand at the horse gate. I'm not going to become weary in the season because God's got something greater for me. Who would have known, Pastor Brian, that you went into St. Barnabas and there were few children here to minister to, and that God would, after 15 years, uh, bring you on a stage uh, and make it public for the world to know that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, come on, somebody. This is the horse gate. Somebody's going to start to run with. There's a prophetic word for your life. Oh, son. Oh, son, Jeremiah chapter 1. Do you not know that called you from your mother's womb? Do you not know that God's got a plan for your life? You keep hanging out with people outside of the gate. And every week you come, you say, God, I'm sorry. And you go back outside of the gates and go mess with the devil. And you think he's going to let you go. It's time for the church. Stop messing around with us. Build your life up around the gates. Let's end. How did we get here? How did we end up in this place? Moments has now turned into momentum. And momentum, as we capture this, now turning into a movement. Say it again to you. When you're building your life spiritually, the need for you to stand at this prophetic place. You see, William, you're so anointed, son. And the gift of God upon your life is evident. And every now and again, the enemy will come and tell you that you don't have. And he opens up that gate. And tell you to come somewhere else. Because he's trying to mess with your prophetic destiny. Every time the temptation comes, it's to move you from the place. But you've got to be clear about the prophetic word in the season. Say, God's got a plan for my life. Because watch now. The reason why I build up the walls in my life. And I hear his voice, the sheep gate. And I get back to church because he's a fish gate, and I get back to the dung gate, and I let go of things, and I go back to the valley gate, and I deal with my valley seasons, and I stay with the Holy Spirit every single day, and we get into a place of where we go back to the old gate, and then we have another conference to solidify things. Then I come back to the place of the horse gate. All of these gates, every single day, I build them up. And we've only been at it. We are baby Christians. Only 20 years. Baby Christians. But every day, we're building these gates. Every day. And look what God does. Don't just think about it as being the walls and the gates. Because anytime you get into a building process, doors are notable opportunities given to, to you 
to move from one dimension to the next. That's what it means. So, I want to have this conference, and I want to invite certain people. We've never invited these speakers before. I get a call from Teresa, Pastor Teresa from, from the board. She says, Pastor Max, you've got to do this. You've got to get hold of these people because they will come and they will do this. And I'm thinking, God, should I, shouldn't I? But I knew that it was a moment, an opportunity for us to come into a next level with God through S Kingdom Life Embassy. But God, the equipment and the offerings and, the, and, 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 God said, go and I'll show you. This weekend, God did so much because the door is a notable opportunity that opens up for you to move it into the next dimension with God. It's not like that. This is not boring stuff. This is kingdom stuff. What are hinges? Hinges are seemingly insignificant moments and insignificant people to propel you into your destiny. This this businessman comes alongside me. I said, you don't understand. I prayed a kind of prayer the weekend for my family. And I said, God, the level of finances over this church and over our lives, there's a problem. I need to know what it is. Go to the courts of heaven. I lift up my family name before the Lord. By Tuesday morning, he said, the Lord, laid your, your, you're on my heart. I've got to do this for you. Hinges are seemingly insignificant moments and, and insignificant people but they propel you to your destiny. That man doesn't even know what I prayed. But God used him to take me to the next level in my faith. Windows are visions and dreams to your prophetic destiny. And any person that does not understand these 12 gates, you'll find them struggle their whole lives. They're in a fight their whole lives. They won't understand why you have heaven on earth conference. They won't understand why you need to come to church. They won't know how to listen to God's voice at the sheep gate. They don't know how to go and live and forgive people when they pray. Their lives are in a mess. But it's because they don't understand what this Nehemiah is all about. This morning is a, let me say this, announce it in the heavenlies. It's a brand new day for you. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. Touch on the East Gate now. We'll deal with it next week. The East Gate is where the sun, it's not where you go to your shopping. It's where the sun rises. It means that His mercies are new every morning. Because you could have messed up yesterday. But I need to go back to the East Gate. Some of you are looking for retail therapy. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a brand new day that I can start afresh with God when I messed up. Called the East Gate. God changes the times and the seasons. It's a brand new year on God's calendar. It is a brand new month. You're having communion. If you don't know how to give, how to maximize your new day. You get stuck in yesteryear with old problems and old people and unforgiveness and condemnation and a whole bunch of things. You must learn how to go to the East Gate every morning and say, Lord, you've given me a brand new day. Are you happy for a brand new start from the Lord? You, do, you just don't look at Come on, just clap your hands. Come on, somebody. Isaiah 50, 43 verse 18. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And that's your word from the Lord this morning. Because when you are built up in God, you don't have to go and sin and come back and ask for something new. You stay in the walls and you allow God to build you up every single day. Come on, somebody. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now. Somebody say now. Now. Say, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert because God can. Say, yes, God can. Come on, somebody. Stir up your faith this morning and say, God can. Say, God can stand to your feet this morning and say God's making a way for me he's making a way for my family he's making a way in the wilderness there's a brand new door that God is opening I am walking with the Lord come on shout yes hallelujah hallelujah
Just take a moment to praise the Lord, please. Just take a moment to lift our hands. It's a new day. It's a brand new day. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Just lift your hands and worship Him. Just magnify Him. It's a brand new day. Oh God, we bless you. Give us this day. I don't need yesterday's revelation. I need brand new revelation for the season I'm in. I need, a, I need to know which way to go. Oh, Father, you are a way maker. Come on, somebody. You are a way maker. Thank you. Thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, I can have a brand new day. You need to lift your hands and receive the freedom that comes from this. You need to lift up your hands and receive the breakthrough that comes with this. You need to lift up your hands and receive the focus that comes with this. You need to lift your hands and receive the fruitfulness that comes with the season. Somebody shout, yes! One more time, in your home, wherever you are right now, just, just announce it for your children, for your marriage, for your future. Say, God is making a way. Say, God is doing a new thing. Say, God is making a way. That's a child of God that is living with heaven on earth your life is built up and guess what you built to last I said you built to last now clap your hands and bless the Lord you built to last for anybody has not received Jesus Christ hear me child of God the East Gate also represents the return of Jesus Christ. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. If you've never made Him the Lord of your, and Savior of your life, today's a good, good moment. Today's the day of salvation. You receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. This is how you pray. You say, Lord, I believe in my heart. You died for a sinner like me. Wash me in your precious blood. Make me your own. Receive me. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. From today, I worship you alone. My life belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you that I belong to the family of God. I believe it in my heart. And I confess it with my mouth. And according to Romans chapter 10, I am saved. I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen.